Welcome to Make Limited Podcast, where we talk about inspirational people, motivational stories, and what makes us better humans. We are looking into the history of this narrative in search of insight into our future. Our podcast will hit all angles of each story from bad to good, revealing what it takes to climb out of the bottom of the pit. We like to say, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's our motto, and we talk about it here. Welcome to Make Limited Podcast. Welcome everyone to Make Limited Podcast. I'm so glad you are here joining me on another Blueprint episode for our first quarter of the year. Side note, you have just accomplished two months in 2022. Congratulations, you made it this far and you're doing an amazing job. If you are new here, welcome. We are so glad you are listening today. Here, you will get insights to be inspired, motivated, and become better humans. So don't forget to subscribe today and be part of Make Limited Podcast family, telling you you're going to love it. And Talking about subscribing, a huge welcome to our subscribers. Thank you so much for your support. We could not be here without you. I am your host, John, and today we're talking about the blueprint of the brand GIF and taking a look to see what we can learn. All right. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Once again, I'm your host, John. I am so glad that you are here today because we have something amazing that's going to blow your mind. Today, we're talking about the brand Jif Peanut Butter. I don't know if you know anything about Jif, maybe a little bit of information. Maybe you've seen it in a commercial. Maybe you buy it to very kind of peanut butter. But today, we're talking about the blueprint of Jif. And we're going to give you... I, again, I love to give different perspective of things and things that we know and we learn. Why? Because I think that the more you're able to see things in different angles, the more you're able to learn as to why things happen. And it's one of the things, the key things I believe that everyone's blueprint in their life has. A business, any person, anything in the successful, whether you go in your life and you learn something, there was something in there that we can learn from and that we can it can help us and we can help others at the same time. So this is why we're talking about GIF peanut butter. Now, if you've never heard about GIF, today, right now, I'm actually going to play for you some commercials that you've probably seen or probably have not seen, but I think they're going to be very helpful into understanding and recognizing GIF and how we're going to talk about them today. So with no further ado, here are some commercials. If you love a kid who loves peanut butter, you ought to know about the difference. The peanut of your difference in GIF. The difference is GIF's peanut of your taste that says, glad you belong to me. It's the only way to start their day with that taste for peanut It's the difference, the taste that makes the difference, the peanut difference in GIF. When it comes to these little ones, I could never be too choosy. So I tried all the big brands and found Jif tastes more like fresh roasted peanuts. 
bursting with that just cracked open peanutty taste. Mmm, what a difference. Mmm, it's the difference, the taste that makes the difference, the peanutty difference in chip. Speculous! A fight to the jiff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Attilius, you no longer need a knife to Jif. To the Jif! Tasting Jif peanut butter. What in the world? Is like tasting peanut butter for the first time. <laughs> Come on! Every time. Sweet peanut! Original Jif peanut butter. Over 1,300 quality peanuts in every jar. Catch it! Jif peanut butter. It's that jiffing good. You dress up like a squirrel for it. I know. How about crazy eggs? Nah. Or we could watch this princess moonfire tape. Maybe a sleepover was a bad idea. I'll be right back. It's more than just that great peanut taste. Jif is a simple little reminder of just how much mom cares. Does your mom cut down the middle or across? Across. <laughs> How's it going, girls? We're doing great. Great. Moms like you choose Jif. <laughs> All right. So how many of you were excited or motivated right now to go and get some peanut butter and put it in a sandwich and eat it? Or how many of you were able to just imagine peanut butter and jelly and cutting it into like a uh, sideways or in half and be able to like just eat it and just have a nice, a nice peanut butter sandwich? If you were, if you were, were motivated and inspired in some way, then Jif peanut butter commercials did their job. And today we're going to talk about that job that they're still doing today. And we're going to go down memory line into the blueprint of Jif and get insights of what made Jif who they are and how we can apply that to our own lives. And not only that, what are some of the things that Jif went through that made them who they are? today. So without any further ado, let's go here and talk about GIF, the blueprint of GIF. So let's start off first, in case you did not know, GIF was previously owned by two companies. Right now, the company that owns GIF brand peanut butter is JM Smucker's company. And it is owned or was owned by the founder of Jerome Monroe Smucker, an established farmer businessman. But before Jerome, it was actually owned by Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble was owned by two brother-in-laws who were entrepreneurs, William Procter and James Gamble. But before the P&G company owned Jif, it was William T. Young Foods Incorporated that owned Jif. Now, this company was owned by William T. Young, really educated person, graduated with high distinction in a bachelor's of science in mechanical engineering. Let's go all the way back and talk about this, and let's find out how did this all come to be and why would they pass it down or pass it up to someone else so they can take care of it so we're going to learn all these things today and i'm telling you you're going to go through a journey right now it's going to be a roller coaster so without any further ado let's get to it <laughs> 
So we're going to start off today with William T. Young. Who was this person? Now, William T. Young was an American businessman, philanthropist, and a major owner of thoroughbred racehorses. If you didn't know that, he was very, very good at this. Now, Young attended the University of Kentucky, graduated with high distinctions with a, with a black bachelor's of science in mechanical engineering. Young served as captain in the U.S. Army in World War II from 1941 to 1945. Now, this is something important that later on we're going to talk about, but I'm telling you, it's amazing. Upon returning to Lexington after World War II, he founded W.T. Young's Food Incorporated, a company that became one of the nation's leading producers of peanut butter. Before Jif was even called Jif, William T. Young, a smart, successful businessman, was calling it Big Top Peanut Butter. I'm telling you, it's just crazy. Can you imagine this is what Jif used to be named, Big Top Peanut Butter, okay? Just, just throwing it out there. From his company, W.T. Young Foods Incorporated, which was founded in 1946, Young developed the business into one of the leading producing producers of peanut butter in the United States. And in 1955, Young sold it to Procter & Gamble, which the brand's name was changed to Jif. Okay, Young continued to manage the peanut butter manufacturing for Procter & Gamble until 1957. Now, I got to give you a side note that is very important, and this is it. W.T. Young was a people's person, which made him a leader wherever he established his mind to go. It doesn't matter what journey that uh, Young took, he was always at that lead position. Not only because he was a, a, a smart gentleman, but according to D. Wayne Lucas, he is a Hall of Fame trainer and longtime friend of Young for horses. He's a trainer for horses. Uh, he had a marvelous feel for it. He, we always talked about the horse business but in many ways, it's a people business, and no one was better with people than he was. So besides him being smart, besides him being a person, an entrepreneur, a person who won't, you know, starts his own companies and stuff like that, and always goes into a leader position, the main point here was that Young was a people's person, no matter what. People loved him everywhere he went. And one of the things that they, I found, if you sent him a postcard, is it most likely got to him because he loved to read those things. And that in itself tells you a lot about the founder of what was Jif at the time being Big Top Peanut Butter. Now, of course, we're going to talk about what Procter & Gamble did to the peanut butter and how they changed it into what it is now because, of course, it was in 1955 that it was the name was changed from Big Top Peanut Butter to GIF. So it's very, very interesting. Now let's talk about P&G and see where they took GIF to. Now P&G, Procter & Gamble, was founded in or incorporated, incorporated in Ohio by founders William Procter and James Gamble on October 31st, 1837, making the company 184 years old today. That is just amazing. The company P&G specializes in a wide range of 
personal health, consumer health, and personal care and hygiene products. And here's a segment of how their products is divided into beauty, grooming, healthcare, fabric and home care, baby, feminine, family care, food, snacks, and beverages. Now, this time, this is what they were divided into, right? So let's talk about each person right now. William Proctor and James Gamble were brother-in-laws, and it was their father-in-law that persuaded them to become business partners in 1837, creating Proctor and Gamble. So on one hand, Proctor was born in England and was a candle maker. Gamble was a soap maker born in Ireland. You know, the beautiful thing here that I see is that they both had a specialty that they focused, and that's actually how they started. They started with soap and candles and produced PNG, who today we know as Procter and Gamble. You'll be amazed of how many products now they own, but they started off with just soap and candles. I mean, you know, the story gets even better. And so here in 1858 through 1859, P&G reached their first million dollars. They had 80 employees. During the American Civil War, the company won contracts to supply the Union Army with soap and candles, which introduced them to the country. Now, there are certain key facts, in my opinion, that I'm seeing with these companies that excelled them to the next level. And I believe that there's always a level that gets them into a position or opens doors for them. And so here's this is what we're going to see with Procter or PNG. So due to winning this amazing lottery to supply soap to the Union Army was a way for them to be introduced into the world, right? Into the United States, right? And one of the things that is good about that is that it gave them openness to Star Sally, not only to their hometown or where they live and other places near, but it started being a, a thing that they could distribute to even more places all around and just grow. And so that in itself gave them the ability to start, start buying other brands that would elevate their business. So they would start buying other brands and be able to purchase them and then profit them and make even more money, right? Because they already could afford to buy other other brands, and maybe there were brands that weren't working for other people, but the, usually the brands that they bought were aligning to what they did, which was around the health product industry. However, due to B&G's dominance in many categories of consumer products accounts for the likelihood of one of their products cannibalizing the sales of another, meaning they would have to sell off other brands due to the newer brand products outselling the older ones. Thus being one of the reasons P&G exited the food business in 2012, selling off a majority of their brand products. Due to this tragedy but i guess it's it's both tragedy and success because you're getting rid of things that are not profiting because the main things that are profiting are your core and if that is what's succeeding then in a business sense it's more common sense to let go of things that are not making money for you and keep the things that are so this case is when we come to GIF. This led to P&G selling GIF to Smuckers, the brand that we know now, along with other products as Crisco, Shortening, and Oils, and Foiler Coffee in separate 
transactions. So in 2001, P&G sold Jip peanut butter uh, to Smuckers for 810 million in stocks. Now, when I researched, there were several numbers, but this is one of the numbers that was more consistent and it was millions in stocks. They didn't sell it for money, they sold it for stocks. Now, if you know about stocks, that means that P&G owned a majority now of Smuckers. Yet Smuckers did have some other stuff underneath their sleeve, so they were okay, they were fine. Smuckers still owns a few majority, but P&G owns more of the majority now. However, in August, Okay. Oh, no. The acquisition uh, would double Smucker's uh, run jelly company leading market shares in peanut butter and cooking oil. So, I mean, that's that's a win-win, you know. Yes, they have they sold their stocks, a majority of it, but it got them to be number one in jelly and cooking oil. So, I mean, that, it's a plus. So, August of 2014, P&G announced it was streamlining the company, dropping a hundred brands and, and concentrating on the remaining 65%, which were producing 95% of the company's profit. Now, this is one thing that we talked about when they had to let go of a lot of, com a lot of companies or brands that they had. And I mean, you're talking about a hundred brands and that's only, check this out, that's only that like not even half of the percentage that they have because the 65% was making 95% of the profit. And that those 100 brands were only making that 5% back. So that's one of the main reasons why they were letting go of GIF. So, you know, we, we look at those things and we, we wonder, we're like, okay, well, why? Why would the company sell off? Well, we're seeing these things here. One of the reasons why they will sell off because again you go back into what they do more it's in health products than in actual food products and if five percent of the food products are making them you know the, the five percent is the food products revenue then it doesn't make sense because they're wasting money in ads and advertisement and places you know then the 65 percent that is actually giving them the 95%. So yes, it's more common sense to do what they did. And that's how uh, JM Smuckers got GIF. Okay, so we are now with JM Smuckers. Now we, we know that it was passed down already to two companies and we're down to the third company, which is now. Now JM Smuckers is the one who owns the brand GIF. And let's see what they did with it so in the beginning to now. So let's go into and let's learn about James Smuckers. James Smuckers company was founded in 1897 by Jerome Monroe Smuckers. Smucker as a maker of apple butter. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting though some of the claims that he claimed about the upper, uh, apple butter that he made that it was apples from the trees that Johnny Appleseed planted, which was very interesting. I think it was a good marketing as well. Uh, making Smuckers 125 years old. So when you see Smuckers, I mean, you've probably seen the brand Smuckers in your schools. You've probably seen it in places that you go, maybe in the store when you buy uh, different brands. You're going to see Smuckers now very differently. So it is 125 years old. That is longer than any human being has lived. 
That is amazing. Smuggers purchased Jeff from Procter and Gamble in 2001. Now it's very, uh, very weird because a lot of a lot of articles were saying 2001. Some were saying 2000, uh, 2002. So between 2001 2002, I'm pretty sure that the acquisition of that brand was done through that time. Now the question is, what does Smuggers do? Well, Smuckers is an American manufacturer of food products in North America. Their headquarters is in Orville, Ohio. Currently, Smuckers has three major business units, consumer foods, pet foods, and coffee. Their main sellers are as follows, fruit preserves, peanut butter, syrup, frozen crustless sandwich, which you've probably seen at the store, and ice cream topping. So who is the person behind J.M. Smuckers? Well, J.M. Smuckers actually stands for Jerome Monroe Smucker. He was born on December 5th, 1858 in Orville, Ohio, spending majority of his time as a farmer. Smuckers in 1897 built a cider mill that helped his company produce jellies, jams, and other foods. He sold apple butter behind his horse-drawn wagon, which he claims his apple were picked from Johnny Appleseed planted trees. So when did the company start? Well, the company J.M. Smuckers was incorporated in 1921 and in 1928 was producing products in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Indiana. In 1939, J.M. Smuckers introduced their glass jars reaching an annual sales of $1 million. One key component was in 1947 when Smuckers earned the designation U.S. Grade A Fancy after it paid U.S. Department of Agriculture inspectors to oversee every aspect of its production. Now, I have to say that this was a very smart move of J.M. Smuckers or just Smuckers in Plainly because P&G actually did have a lawsuit against, uh, I believe it was even the Department of Agriculture or another, another department from the government for trying to do something illegal. And so I believe that this step here that J.M. Smuckers took was really, really, the company was really, really smart because they invited them instead of it being investigated. And when somebody runs that for you, especially the people who create these rules, you're literally saying, hey, come, make sure I'm doing everything good. I'll pay you for it so that we can be in right standing. And that automatically shoots you like past the roof. So that was something smart that I believe Smuckers did. So after their 1 million in annual sales, how did Smuckers keep on growing? Well, one of the ways that Smuckers did it really intelligently was that J.M. Smuckers grew by acquiring companies mostly specialized in desserts in many other countries. However, it did sell off unsuccessful ones, usually afar from their brand of jelly. In 2001 through 2002, Smuckers acquired Jif, Crisco, and among other products through a tax-saving transaction called a reverse Morris Trust. This is simply with stocks where someone can buy part of your company and they don't get taxed for it. Very simple. This is pretty much what Smuckers did with PNG in order to acquire Jif and other products that we talked about. As of 
2019 reports that JM Smuckers made almost $8 billion in sales, $2.1 billion generated by pet foods, and $2.1 billion worth of coffee. The jams and jellies are almost insignificant except to Smuckers. This makes JM Smuckers company today 125 years old. Okay, so we've gone through the process of GIF the brand, and it is mind-blowing for me of what it went through to be the brand that it is today, right? Uh, and here are just some, some interesting facts that I found that may be of interest to you, okay? Now, GIF, what, what about the company, of the brand GIF? Well, GIF is 76 years old. From the beginning of the person who first made it, I counted all the way to now, the years, it's about 76 years old. And right now, at the moment, GIF has about 14 products of their brand GIF, okay? The company, JM, has 14 products. New products uh, are the Squeezy Cream Peanut. Now, I don't know if you've seen it in very commercials. Uh, talking about the squeezing one. Actually, I did show you a commercial on one of them, which was, I believe it was this one. Oh, it's hilarious. You no longer need a knife to jiff. To the jiff! You know, the commercial of that one was pretty funny. I actually did like it. The shorter version, the longer version, you gotta go through a process. It was very interesting as well. So let's keep going with the facts. Okay, so that's one of the new products, the Squeezy Cream Peanut, and they also made one ver another version. Uh, I guess it's kind of like a healthier version. Uh, so another fact is that peanut is not a nut. As, as crazy as it sounds, it's actually a member of the pea family. Crazy, right? Now, the name Jiv was chosen because it was easy to say, spell, and remember even though they had the controversy of gif and jif and it was like back and forth because people didn't know who was who and they actually made a commercial on that too i couldn't find it though so sorry about that okay the next thing is that americans eat 170 million pounds of jif in a year that is a lot of peanut butter this is enough to make two billion sandwiches or spread a football field with a layer of 55 feet of thickness. Can you just imagine that for a second? I mean, a whole football field of peanut butter. And I'm asking myself, where's the jelly, man? Come on, give me another 55 of, of jelly of thickness so that we can make some peanut butter here with grass or something. The next thing is that there are 1,218 peanuts in a 28-ounce jar of Jif. Just imagine that. Uh, 1,218. What? What? There's even that much? I mean, wow. It's just crazy. And again, oh, the next one is it takes over 90,000 acres of peanut crops to make one-year supply of Jif. That, that's just crazy if you think about it. Okay, so the next thing is super crazy. Um, right now, at this moment, the Jif Plantation in Lexington, Kentucky is reportedly the largest peanut butter factory in the world. That is just mind 
blowing. Now, I do I got to give a disclaimer because I did find this in some articles. And so some of these articles didn't have strong references. So some of the claims may not be almost 100% when we're talking about the GIF area. In all in all, we learned about the three companies that owned and own GIF. And it is an amazing process that they've gone through. And there's not really so much information on, you know, the peanut butter. But what we get here is not the peanut butter itself, GIF, the brand, but it is the people that they went through. And what did we learn through the process of it all? And so I have some questions here that I was really interested in. And so I wanted to also talk about them here on the podcast. And so one of my main questions was, where can I see where companies are selling brands or their companies? And this was so, so important for me because I realized that this you know, they talk about how easy it was just to, well, not how easy it was, but when they no longer needed this, they would just put it out in the public and, and it was done. So I wanted to give you that information of where if you are thinking about, maybe you don't want to start from the bottom. Maybe you want to start from a brand that, you know, relates closer to what you do and you want to buy it. This is probably places that you could go to check it out to, to, to buy those brands. Here's one. Try word of mouth, okay? Wherever you hear it, try to talk to somebody who knows about it. Or go through a business broker or visit a business sales marketplace, okay? Those are one of the, some of the areas that you can go through, and I believe there's more areas, but those are the, those are the main ones that I found. Uh, secondly, why sell a company? And this is one of the questions that I had because GIF was amazing, and in every step that I saw, they were doing great. But this company's let them go. So why? Why sell a company? Why sell a brand? Why sell a product that you have in, in their own entities? Well, here is the answer. Most companies, like we said in our previous talk about the company selling off and all this stuff, one of the main reasons why they would sell off a, a company or a brand is because some either they're retiring financial issues of course we saw that with png five percent of the of the revenue or the sales that it was making was not even worth spending money on it uh moving on in another direction we saw that with uh with wt with william t young which he went into becoming a horse breeder you know and becoming really good at that and that was what he was more focused on than his actual time in making peanut butter you know, what he had top brand, right? And so uh, another thing we saw as well is that uh, ProSell uh, due to other products selling better. And so this means what I mean by Pro, I mean production on products. Uh, other products do better than the ones that you have or the ones that you purchase. And we saw this with uh, Smuckers when they bought pickles, uh, brand pickles, and they bought a brand flour. They weren't making money and they let it go because it just wasn't doing good. So this is some of the reasons why, because you know financially, it may have been a good idea, but letting it go is way better if you can focus on something else or spend that money on what you already have that is selling good or buy another company that could do better. 
So those are some of the reasons why. Another question that I had is why sell a brand if it's making great revenue in production? This is almost like the same thing as why sell a company, but some of the answers that I got here were a little bit different. One of the main reasons businesses sell brands or companies is because of retirement again, or they don't see themselves in that area and want to try other things. And we saw that again with, with, uh, with William T. Young. And he was one of the first ones who he was the first one who made GIF in a different sense. And when they were sold to PNG, they had to rebrand and kind of add some stuff to it, like uh, some sweeter stuff, um, some I believe it was like um, uh, some other kind of syrup. I don't remember what it was, but they had to add more ingredients so that they can go a different direction than what it already was. Because when when Doug, when William T. Young had the, his his company that was producing this peanut butter. People loved it, and people were buying it, and it was a good investment when PNG bought it. But changing it into the direction that fit them best was something that was more appropriate for PNG to have. And so, these are things that are super important when it comes to, you know, why selling a brand? Does it match your stuff? Are you doing? Uh, is it is it adding to you? You know, and so. It's one some of the reasons, and also selling a company in good standing can be a great addition to the price tag. Th these are some of the reasons, okay? And if you look at it very closely, you're going to see that it's very beneficial if you sell a company that is good standing that you probably want to go in a different direction because you're going to get a lot more for the price because it's well worth investing in. And so the next question that I had here is why was GIF sold two times? And this is something that in a sense we discuss why people are going to sell companies. But in, in my opinion, GIF was sold three times because it wasn't fitting to the companies or people running the business. Because we talked about it before. For, so for another example, uh, P&G were making more sales on their main core products in health categories than in their food categories, which led to selling off, selling it off to JM Smuckers. So that was, again, one of the main reasons that I found over and over again that these companies were switching off, saying, you know what, Jif, you are great, you are making money. They were making money, 5% of what they were making, about $300 million or something at the time is a lot. I mean, still, if you think about it and you put it in the calculations, I mean, you're going to get a whole lot of money coming in. I mean, if even if I do the math right now with, let's say, getting 5% of 300 million, right? Let's see how much we get of that percent. And that's already 50 million in its own self, 5%. But that was only a small amount and they were making way more than that, I mean, think about it. You know, you're having 300 mil and you subtract it with 15 mil and guess what you get? You get 285 mil. So that is way more than 15 mil, for sure. And of course, you know, as it started growing, they were making more and other stuff, but they were acquiring different brands and, and just keep on and keep on, keep on. So. This is one of the reasons why GIF was sold two times because, again, they were going in a different direction. And that was one of the main focus. Uh, our next question that we have is, will GIF be sold in the future? 
since you know we're seeing this happen already two times at the moment i don't see jif being sold since in 2021 to 2022 like i said their brand elevated with uh with jif right and other brands that they bought but recently they have gone down so when you think about those two things it all depends if smuckers keeps investing in in new innovations for jif or if they are losing sales then the possibility of GIF being sold or put for sale could be possible. So if GIF is not doing a good job and it's not producing, then they may sell it. But right now at the moment, GIF is standing. You know, he's still standing or he, she, whatever they want to refer to it. But the product is still standing and it's standing strong. So they're promising. They created a new, um, you know, new innovation with it. You can squeeze it now, kind of like a toothpaste. You can squeeze it, put it on your sandwich, put it on different stuff that they are promoting it as. And so that is very interesting. Secondly, we have our next question is, and our last question is on this one is, how was W.T. Young able to make his peanut butter business successful? Now, this is very interesting. This is the icing to the cake. This is the moment that you've been waiting for that it would blow your mind, okay? How was W.T. Young able to make his peanut butter business successful? And here's the answer. According to the National Peanut Board, peanuts and peanut butter became an intergalactic part of the armed force rations in World War I and II. It is believed that the U.S. Army popularized the peanut butter and jelly sandwich for sustenance during uh, the maneuvering in World War II. And so... This is, of course, my theory that I'm, th I'm talking about here. But I believe that one of the main things that if we look back at the history of W.T. Young, he actually went to the war and became a captain in World War II. He served about four years from 1941 through 1945, okay? And at this time, peanut butter have, had been already discovered or made for about 50 years. And when I saw this news coming from uh, the, the peanut butter board or the peanut board, it just clicked on me that at that time where World War II was happening, he actually went to World War II, which was more prominent for them to have peanut butter in war and so because it was kind of like a when peanut butter was discovered it was for a protein the person who discovered was uh, last name was Kellogg hello and um, he made it because a person who was in need of eating protein like meat couldn't because his teeth were worn out and so one of the things that they had to do is create peanut butter as a resource so that he could get the proper protein in his body. And so the same thing here comes to it being used as a sustenance for the, for the Army Force and, and for World War I and II. And WT went to World War II and came back after the four years. And right after then, like right after, started his company of peanut butter. Boom, 50 years in the and peanut butter had been in the game already, and he came back because it was popular, but it hadn't been popular the way that he knew it in the army, and he wanted to, or wherever he, he served that. In that sense, it's really interesting to know that he came back, started a peanut butter company, and then like about, I want to say a couple of years later, ends up selling it, and with that money, goes in 
makes his, his farm and his storage places and other business that he invests in to do uh, as the leader that he is. So it was very interesting that to answer the question that we asked, um, how was W.T. Young able to make his peanut butter business successful? This is one of the ways because it was at a right time. And so a lot of people say, well, he got lucky. You know, he was a very successful person. He was smart. And the thing is that he used the information that he had to do something with it. And that was the important thing in this process. So where do we leave off from here? Well, we leave off with our conclusion. How does GIF correlate to MLP? And so this is how we saw everything going on and what we learned from the process of GIF and where it went through from the three companies that it went through and how they produced each one of them and why they sold it and why they did all they had to do to make the brand what it is now. Well, here are some answers for you that I believe are going to leave you with an inspiration, motivation to be better humans. And here's our first one. Whether you're starting with one thing or one million things, it's important to understand that knowing who you are, what you like, and other things alike is important because it will lead you where you're going in your future. The second thing that we learned is, and this is a great lesson, we, we learn from the transfers of three positions with the GIF brand is that if you reach the ultimate potential of a process and you can no longer grow, perhaps it is time to consider to pass the baton or the mantle to someone else who can make the process grow even more for them. And this is what I saw with GIF. GIF was passed the baton because people had other dreams, people had other vision, and this is the main reason why they passed things on. So it leaves me with the last lesson that we learned from this process of the GIF brand. And here's another thing we've learned. From the GIF brand is that when you start growing or successfully able to produce one product per se, it will open other doors as you reach certain levels of achievement, of course. This allows you to invest in other interests that you may have, you know, that you wanted to do in some time in the past that you saw yourself in, you foresaw it. However, it's important to point out that it's okay to let go of certain products. This can be a... It doesn't have to just relate to a product. This can be a metaphor for a career, for people, etc. Uh, but for production of your core or successful product to continue to grow. And, and so this is something that we learned, of course, through PNG. One of the things that they did in order to keep growing, they had to let, let go of some stuff. And, you know, when we take all this this lessons that we learn and why the companies did what they did, we start understanding that there are things that are more important to life than just, you know, trying to go out there and find something that works for you. And that is knowing who you are is more important than just going out there and seeing, well, it's more important. So, what, what are the things that we can do to get to know who we are? Well, we try things. 
We try things. And, you know, it may sound a contradiction when I say you go out there and do something to discover something. But the point is you find out what you like at the moment. What are things of your interest? What are things that you're looking at that inspire you, that give you that emotion, that just push you forward, that inspire you to do good? Because that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at just anything that inspires you and, and gives you a certain feeling. No, we're talking about things that are going to help you grow. Things are going to help you improve yourself, motivate you, inspire you to be better humans. Because we need better humans in this world. Better humans. Each one of these people did what they had to do. You know, we didn't go in deep depth of who they were because our focus was talking about the GIF company and who they are. But it was very important for us to understand that as you travel through your life, there are going to be things that will benefit you and things that don't. You decide, and I, I say this, do the things that are good and take the things that are bad out. But learn from every process because every process is going to take you to another level where opportunities will open for you every time. you have reached the end of today's podcast thank you so much for joining me on make limited podcast i hope that you were inspired motivated to be better humans you can reach us on facebook at make limited podcast or at our website at make let us know how make limited podcast is making you a better human catch us on our next episode where we will talk about the blueprint Elon Musk's story before Tesla. It's going to be incredible. Until then, stay awesome, and I'll be talking to you later. Peace. Mm-hmm.